Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our game changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then, buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and, of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. We are live in three, two, one. Two and one. Here uh, we are. Yeah, another one that took a while to get started. What did uh, What did you have going on, Lanny? Oh, was I late? Mail. You were you were a little late. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, we just have to warm up and chat and just get our get our minds. Get it's like we flowing. get our minds surprised ready. that when one thirty on Wednesday comes around. Yeah. No. Well, I had to deal with a truck driver that got stuck in a lot about three lots down and wanted me to guide him all the way into the office. So, uh, yeah, I was doing that too. duties, duties, office duties. Well, all right, everybody. Well, welcome. Uh, here we are, West Point, Mississippi, home of the Mossy Oak brand camo and the Gamekeeper Studio and Dudley. Yeah. And uh, L-Dub. As oh, L-Dub. Lanny oh. likes to be called L-Dub. Likes to be called. Oh. Yeah, okay. and then uh, you know Richie's over here on the board. Richie's good to see you. I he don't needs know. more of the the DJ name than me. He, he, yeah. Richie, come up with a DJ name yeah. for yourself, please, yeah. and we'll you take. We're going to take L Dub off the books. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, look at the other end of the table, sitting on the guest couch the between the turkeys, one and only our own Rob Moore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob is a is a, a guy we we've enjoyed having him around. He yeah. makes things happen when yeah, we have does. problems with customers and whatnot. Rob can Rob go in is there and, on the ball. Yeah, he can no solve doubt it. about it. Bring it to me. And <laughs> he's seen a panther cat. Yeah, he has. He a is a, he is a, a he's a part of the panther yeah, He's part of the panther club. Bond. Exactly. You and you and Dudley on the Sasquatch, me and Rob on the <laughs> I, I didn't say I've seen a Sasquatch. <laughs> oh, Rob, we are glad to have you here. Rob's a Thank new you. landowner down in uh, yeah. South Mississippi with a hunting spot he's put together. I won't say the county unless you want me to. Oh, that's okay. But it rhymes with That's right. <laughs> Very lucky to purchase a place and uh, my kids and myself are having a great time down there. Lanny, yeah. his son, Hayden. Yeah. Like on a telephone now. call, said, Dad, I heard tons of turkeys gobbling. We've yeah. got to figure we out. we got to figure out. Oh, yeah. Can I, can I see your phone for a second? No, you you on- didn't have to bring all that out there, Bob. <laughs> now, you do have Onyx, don't you? I sure do. All right. That's good. <laughs> Just making sure. Can I borrow your phone for a minute? <laughs> now, y'all are welcome down there anytime after me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, As you can tell, Rob is uh, uh, part of the culture. <laughs> okay, Rob, we're going to get a story from you. But before we get started, guys, I want to talk about uh, Blood on the Biologic, which is now brought to you by our friends at LS Tractors. <laughs> 
pretty, lot of turkeys that fall. Pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty good list. Yeah. Including, Lanny shot one out from under Hayden, his young son, last Saturday morning. Really? Oh, I, I got to hear this story. How do you do that, Lanny? Well, I mean, you know, there's lessons you have to be learned in the turkey woods, and it was that time for him, I guess is the best way to put it. Then he you learned know. it. Yeah, he learned it. He learned it. But uh, if for the full story being known, I think uh, you're probably going to hear a turkey story I told. I don't know. When does, is that yeah, It part? aired last, last week. It aired last week. So. so this is an addendum to that this story? This is an addendum to that story. You think so it's the same turkey? I, it was in the same tree on the same limb and exacted the, acted uh, pretty much not exactly the same way. Not like I expected him to, like they all do. But, uh, yeah. So we had a little back history. Anyways. Ah, the guy yeah. that was three yards away and yeah. gobbled in your face. Missed him three times last year. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you want to correct yourself? Because I think you said you heard him. You know, spit. I get to telling stories. Yeah, and, I, and sometimes I had, I go back and I'm like, oh wait, that is not exactly what happened. So I need to, a correction, an editorial edit. Wasn't a spit. It was a cluck. Uh, have you ever heard a gobbler cluck looking for you because he knew a hen was close and he clucked? And then that's when I yelped. And then. Ended up, you know, using $45 worth of APEC. <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, we, me and Hayden, my Hayden, you know, mm-hmm. my, my turkey hunting buddy. Uh, but nonetheless, we hopped out there at a, a well-known spot. And yeah, this turkey was gobbling in the same spot, slipped in there. I thought he was going to come at breaking the timber between pines and hardwoods. I set Hayden up there, you know, good to go. And I was facing the 90 degree opposite way from him and, uh, hmm. yeah. And he showed up on your and side. And he showed up on my side. How about that? Yeah. So, but I tell you what, it's done. It has set a fire off in my Hayden. <laughs> well, He's wanting to hunt more, and he has told me that, of course, that uh, you can't carry a gun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's was, good. It was good. Well, that's one lesson I learned. Was don't take a gun when I took my kids. Ah, couldn't control it. Couldn't control it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had to, uh, you know, assist on a couple of things. I always like having it with me. Yeah. But so I take it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, it won't happen again. Like <laughs> I, had a, I had a history and I have to say before when we set up, he's like, dad, we were talking about it being the same turkey. He's like, oh, you can point this way and I can point that way. And I really did think the turkey was going to come his way, obviously, but it didn't. But when I did see the turkey, I, I, I didn't even know Hayden was there. <laughs> anyway. So you it. didn't try to turn him is what you're saying. Uh, you know, he, he just, just – I get out. it. They they make did you he dumb. Know the, did he know the turkey was coming up on that side? Did he? Would it, oh, yeah. No, he saw it. He said, there he is. I mean, he's my, uh, you know, half my eyes and my ears now. So, yeah. yeah. No, he said, there he is. The better half, probably. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. And, yeah. So, but we had a great time. Well, good. As always. So. Good, good, good. Dudley? And, 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 you know, he's he's had some experience in the woods, so it's not like, you know, this is his first dream. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that, uh, you got anybody? Yes. Actually, I do. Um, Jacob Bram. Excuse me, Jacob Bramlett. Uh, his dad's name is Shane. I've, I've known him for years, even back to the old forum days. But uh, they bagged a turkey with the with his late peepaw's shotgun. Oh, that's cool. So Jacob pulled the trigger. Uh, I don't believe that was his first turkey. They didn't say that, but uh, that's really cool to use your granddad's old shotgun on a turkey. No so, doubt about it. Um, and then Connor McKinnis. Uh, I grew up with his dad, Casey. Connor killed his first bird uh, a week or two ago. Mm. Nice. And, yeah. Uh, it was a good one. That's good. And then I've got one more, Lucas Moore, son of C.J. Moore. Uh, 
CJ's a big gamekeeper. He's always commenting on our stuff. Uh, he's always wearing bottom land. Uh, good dude. So, congrats, Lucas. Mm-hmm. So, Lanny, you had a seemed like you had a relative. Yeah, well, I've got I've got a couple. I'll, I'll hit on that. But uh, well, first of all, I mean, back to you, Jesse Cole was yeah, is, she got is she on the board. Yeah, she sure did. Uh, we called it a kamikaze two year old. Yeah, he behaved just like he was supposed to. So, and it, I hear you're <laughs> into now making wing bone calls. Uh, well, yeah, I participated in cutting the bones out, and then she actually worked to make the wing bone calls. So, oh, nice. And that's something that next time I see Ernie, I'm going to punch him right in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of work cutting it is. bones out. It is. Think yeah. how many he has done. Um, I bet he's got it down yeah, to the side. He does. He can probably he just does. pop them out of there. Yeah. But yeah, so a uh, couple on mine, uh, um, John David Nugent, and uh, David Nugent, guy used to work here, his son, I think they were somewhere down in Meridian and killed an absolute stud. I think it had an inch and a half spurs. They were so. giant, straight, wow. yeah, straight giant hooks. spears. Yeah, spears. So yeah. Uh, it was. Well, I think one was inch, inch and a half and one was a tad over inch and a half. You know how that is. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Good. Big old bird, big old bird. And like you mentioned, uh, my cousin Cash Watson, uh, kind of lo- local family around here. His uh, his dad, I mean his granddad, was actually uh, probably the first turkey hunter I knew. He was he was my uncle. Um, so, but they have a, a, a his his granddad had a place locally that he helped start. Was into wildlife conservation early on. Uh, passed that heritage down to his son Daniel, which is Cash's dad. And then uh, Cash ended up. This is he's he's passed the torch on to Cash, and Cash is ten years old and killed his first long beard <laughs> yesterday That's, morning. Uh, that torch on the same going. place, yeah, on the same place, you know, where his uh, granddad started. So that is cool. Yeah, it's really, is. Cool. really yeah, cool. Sure really is. Cool. Yeah. So congratulations, Cash, John, David. Yeah, and there's a lot more we forgot. There's, there there's sure is tons and tons. I had I had one more. I was going to call out my nephew Robbie Spigner killed oh, yeah. one on an afternoon hunt Saturday that was a real intense. Afternoon, oh, they really? can be in the afternoon. An intense sometimes. afternoon, yeah, right? really yeah. Uh, cool bird, long spurs. So, congrats to him. So, boys, the season's rolling. Yeah, Rob, you got anybody? Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> no, it's uh, you know, we've had some exciting hunts. Ernie was in, and yeah, uh, he get did he get a little Mississippi lesson. Oh yes, he did, <laughs> and uh, he also got to partake in a, a ATV flip over and oh uh, yeah, yeah, tornadoes it. and. He might not ever come back. He may never come back to Mississippi. <laughs> well, it was good having him here. He's a, he's a great guy. Yeah, and speaking of tornadoes, our heart goes out to. Yes. Uh, mo- there's a lot of Multiple damage places in the state. In, in the state, yeah, and in, 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 in other states as well. Yeah. But Amory, uh, Rolling Fork, mm-hmm. Winona, yeah. it's just it, it's 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 pretty rough. Our it's hearts rough. go out to to the people there. So, well, uh, look, I want one more piece of business. Last week, the commercial I mentioned uh, the. The, uh, the the gamekeepers field wear. Yeah, they've got the, this gamekeeper turkey vest, and I failed to mention where a guy could find that. Uh, ah. Somehow I got distracted. But guys, go check out the new gamekeeper turkey vest, and it's at gamekeeperfieldwear.com or better sporting good retailers. There so you go. If they are in uh, Bottomland, no doubt. Yeah, it's a and it's a really nice vest. It is. It, 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 it is. So, so anyway, I need to make sure people knew where to go to check that out. I, it's a uh, I forgot about that, Rob. Imagine that. I got so distracted. But right. Oh, I forgot, too. Your, your buddy, he's on – oh, Riley Payne. He's on the board, too. I know you'd be excited to hear that. I'm going to let you know that on the board. 
Do you, Get him, Riley. Do you, th- do you think he crawled? On that <laughs> Whatever he had to do, <laughs> he commits one hundred percent. Though, no, congratulations, no Riley. Yeah. yeah, I bet he crawled on that one, Riley. <laughs> Riley Payne. Well, congrats to him. So, uh, look, what we're going to do today is uh, we got some stories. Some guys have been in here and recorded some stories. We're going to listen to them and comment on them. And but right off the bat, why don't we start off with Rob? Why don't you tell us your story and then we'll we'll carry on. Sure, sure. Mine, uh, you know, when you think back over all the years, I mean, I've been turkey hunting since the 80s, mid-80s probably, and so it's a lot of stories, but this one starts back in the 80s and ends in the 2020. Wow. So, hmm. Cool. Uh, we got plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, uh, it was when uh, three of us become friends, yeah. and the father of the child that I'm about to talk about you know, we became friends in the 80s, and, and the guy that owned the land, we became friends in the 80s. And so uh, in 2020, uh, my buddy came to me and said, hey, how about taking, taking my son, you know, turkey hunting? He's never been, would love to go. And so I worked it out with my buddy Glenn and set up a tent for him. And and uh, the day came, and, and it was cold, very cold day. So I went to pick him up, and his mother told him, said, son, I just don't think you got enough clothes on. He said, I'm fine, Mama, I'm fine. I'm, we got to go. We got to go. So his name was Brandon. And so we head out, and, of course, on the way, we run over deer oh. to get the day started out right. And so we get to get there. We get to Can-Am. We go out, cross the creek, drive all the way to the blind, unload everything out of the can-am into the blind park the can-am just 20 feet from the blind and um sit there and wait on daylight and finally at daylight one gobbles to our east and you know and that kind of perked him up and then nothing that's it so the morning rocks on and he's like mr rob mr rob i'm freezing to death I am cold. So I'm taking off my jacket, putting on him. He sits there a little while longer, and, and Mr. Rob, Mr. Rob, I'm, I'm cold. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I said, Brandon, man, we're on the dance floor here. We, we got in here quiet. Nothing hurt us. We can't leave right now. Have a nab. Have a candy bar. Do something, you know. And so finally got his mind off of it, and and I'm sitting there, and I, I see – been calling and and here comes a a gobbler head i can see it coming through the cutover coming right at us and he pops up on the big power line and i said brandon look look right there and this boy's been you know he's 11 12 years old at the time but he had very well schooled with a gun Mm -hmm. and i said well let let me help you here he said no mr rob i got this i got this and I mean, he was just like a uh, he was like he'd been doing it forever, you know. And he wasn't cold anymore. All yeah, of a yeah. Now yeah, it yeah. wasn't cold. Yeah. And he was excited, and 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 the turkey come right on in. And I had a a Jake decoy and a hen decoy, and 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 I said, okay, he's where you can hit him now. You can shoot him, and and he shot. And I mean, you thought he had a new world to look at, oh, you yeah. know, and. and and he ran out and got his foot on him. I told him how to do all that before we got started, you know. And and so it, it's just a very memorable hunt that that I was able to to take a friend's child, 
Yeah. And he was going to accompany us, but he had to go to work uh, uh, to a show in Atlanta or somewhere. And to trust him with me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so just it just came all full circle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I called up turkeys for my kids, and they were very special. But, you know, I had them sitting between my legs, and I couldn't see their excitement. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to witness it all, you know, right there. And so it's just a cool deal, you know. Nice. So that's probably one of my favorite turkey stories. You ever shot a turkey out from one of your kids? No, I left <laughs> I left my shotguns at home just yeah, for that yeah. reason because my buddies that <laughs> I shot a few out from under them yeah. and, and I said, you know, I I can't trust myself, so I'm just gonna leave it at home. <laughs> yeah. That is special to watch it somebody is take their first turkey no doubt about it yeah and like i said he is very well versed and um just did an excellent job and you his smile was from ear to ear when i was taking his picture with a turkey right there and and, uh it's something that he still to this day i mean you know it's been a couple years and he talks about it every time i see him you know Mm -hmm. so and now he's trying to hunt on his own and and learn to call yeah wow that's cool Cool yeah, stuff. That's good. What's his name again? Brandon Harrison. Brandon that? Harrison. Oh, there it that's is. a good yeah. story. Making them turkey hunters. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, this is Toxie Hayes with Mossy Oak. You know, hunting and fishing, gamekeeping, and taking care of the land with my family is my life. And I'll be honest with you, the one app that I'm on every day and use more than anything is Onyx. It literally has changed my life. From property ownership to roads, everything to do with understanding the land better. I even use it to plot acreages all the time. Every function I could dream of, use coupon code Mossy Oak to save 20% on your next on x subscription trust me you'll be so glad you did the next one we're gonna hear is from ken ivy and he works down there near rob uh downtown in the licensing building that's right that's right and we all know ken he's kind of you know he was, I, he was born in the pawpaw patch. Yeah, he's. Right. I mean, he's as country as uh, a hair in a biscuit, I guess. You'd say. <laughs> All right, Rich, can we hear this one? I don't know if maybe we didn't have a lot of turkeys back then or we just had some really good turkey hunters that was taking care of them for us. So, you know, fast forward a little bit. I, I had, been, had been cutting my teeth on some public ground, and then I got uh, permission from a landowner to uh, hunt on his property. And there's a creek down in there. I I was was learning how to cut and yelp and and uh, run a pot call and run a mouth call diaphragm and um, doing some whines, some kikis, and I was learning how to basically call turkeys. And I got where heck I could locate turkeys and I could call them. They'd answer me, but I still really hadn't got my first turkey yet. Although you know these public public birds are, are a little tougher. I got out here on this on this sort of private ground and there was a creek and the landowner told me, he says, you know, listen, there's this, this creek that meanders through the property and it's, it's shaped like a snake. And he says, more often than not, when I see wild turkeys, you know, along that creek and typically in the morning, I was like, all right, cool, cool. So I went out there, sure enough, group of turkeys out there. You know, I can hear them. I seen them and hear them. They're gobbling and, and carrying on. And, I kind of do some little tree yelping, and man, there's there's turkey. I got where I could kind of see them, and and owl hooting like, 
I love Al Hoot, my natural voice. I was like, and they had gobble. And I was like, look at him. Boy, I got me some turkeys now to hunt. So I took a week off work. It really wasn't that successful. Got, you know, seen seen turkeys, some. Sometimes I went and got spooked. Sometimes I'd hunt two or three times a day. But, and and, and get skunked. You know, got skunked. Turkeys will humble you. So um, this is the last day, Sunday morning. My wife's kind of like, Hey, you going to church this morning, tomorrow? Like, I don't think so, baby. I think I'm going to go hunt this turkey, and you know. Her, and her name is Ivy. Ivy, yeah. My and wife's, her last name is Ivy. Yeah, my wife's <laughs> name is Ivy, Ivy. Yeah. Okay, yeah, ahead. shout out to Ivy. She's probably rolling her eyes right now. But, um, yeah, Ivy, Ivy's my wife. And so I was like, hey, I don't think I'm going to make it to church this morning. I'm going to get after this turkey. And she said, what? And I said, well, I'm going to go early because – He's calling for rain. So I got out there and along the creek there, and I didn't hear him. He didn't gobble this morning. Didn't nothing gobble this morning. At 9 o'clock, I said, well, maybe I will make it to church. I started looping around there to church, and I heard one, like, voluntary, down there by the creek. Like, look at him. And I'm looking down the creek. There's places that are five foot deep. There's places that are seven foot deep. I'm six foot tall, and I'm just going to use this terrain to slip up on this turkey. So I'll get down in the creek, basically. And I'm, I start easing toward him, easing toward him. He's gobbling on his own. And I got up there pretty close. You know, by this point, it's 10, and he quit gobbling. The wind started blowing a little bit. Starts kind of spitting rain. I said, well, he's got to be right here somewhere. And I kind of cut at him, and pow, he gobbled. I said, look out, man. He's going to come. He's coming. I can tell you getting closer. And then he gobbled again. It seemed like he's on the right side of the creek. And I'm down in the creek. Like I'm, I got on my tall boots and my feet's already wet. Here comes the rain. Thunder boomer. Like, it's like, I was like, oh my God. I come up out of the ditch there and I get to looking and I, I can see his fan out there. Pretty good ways. And then here comes a heavy rain. And like Forrest Gump said, man, it's like it's raining sideways. It's raining from up under. It starts pouring down rain. I didn't care because I already got my feet wet. It's my last chance to kind of get him, you know. Finally, I get up there and I get up against this shag bark hickory tree and kind of hold still there. And he pitches up in the tree with them hands. He gets up in this tree and I can see him up there like kind of hopping limbs, you know. Well, I just sat there and then sat there through the rain. And then by this time, it's around right at 11 o'clock. And then I'll, and then when that sun came out, you could see him like, like knock that water off his back. I'm close enough where I could kind of make his beard out. And then here comes the hens. They flew down across the creek. And it ain't but just a minute. Here he comes following them. And as he's coming down, he hits the ground. I pull the trigger on him. Pow! And he flips over. I just – I had to shoot him quick because he – he lets one, so I let one off. Cow! And I watch him fold and flop over in the creek, and I don't see him no more. Wait a minute. He gobbled when he hit the ground? No. No, I shot like, pow! Oh, okay. Like, right. he ain't made a noise since it thundered. Yeah. When it thundered, he shut up. Well, I just jump up and take off running down there and get to looking, and he's still very much alive in the creek, in the water, and trying to get up and get out. And he starts come, trying to get back up that bank, and I... Pile him one more time and, and, like, clean him up, like, finish him off. Yeah. Well, he tumbled back down in the water. And so now he's floating in water 
about waist deep, and I had to wade back in there and get him. And this was the, uh, and you know, typically when I kill a turkey, I'm so proud of how beautiful he looks. The the iridescence, the colors are just incredible. And <laughs> this was was a wet mess. <laughs> this turkey had been shot up, man, and was wet and was muddy and would just look horrible. But um, but it was, it was my first turkey, and I yeah. could, and I couldn't been prouder. One spur was three quarters. The other spur was seven eighths. And he had an 11-inch beard. Oh, that's a great turkey. Way past church by then, but, you know, that's my story, man. And it, it was a good one, and the story of my first turkey. Yeah. No, that's a great story, Ken. That's pretty good. I, mean, I, he, I, he, I like it. He went after him for a whole week and finally got him. I yeah. mean, persistence pays I, off. We've all had those, you know, t- I, I just fulfilled a vendetta just a minute, you know, this weekend with with one of those, those ones that you really commit and will do anything to – to to get to it. and that's what Ken did. Got in the water, did what he had to do. <laughs> Rob, you kind of looking tough, like it. and None he, he's surprise. an excellent woodsman. Yeah, yeah so yes. you know he he knows his way around the woods. That was not the sure. first time his first time in the creek. Either. <laughs> I guarantee you that. No, no, that's right. And Ken is he's great in the woods. Uh, and just think how many turkeys do you like yet? And I oh, mean, yeah. how many times you've had to belly crawl to a log just to close 10 yards you know and still get whooped you know that's right (laughs) okay well ken that was a great story we appreciate it so uh the next one is tom robertson who works uh with greg briggs uh, down there in sumter county doing all kind of land work uh they're about a gamekeeper yeah yeah yeah. they're the original moles yeah they are if if you want to so uh rich uh let's let's hear from tom i hunt on a river right behind my house i'm always fighting the river and trying to get him to fly across the river to me and everything and had one gobbling one morning he started at daylight he hit the ground gobbling i'd just up there and yep to him every 10 15 minutes just keep his attention it rocked on there at about nine o'clock that morning and kind of heard something behind me i said well maybe one done slipped up behind me and i sat there and sat there and finally curiosity got the best of me so i turned my head around and it was a bobcat that snuck up on me he wasn't 10 feet from me Back then, it took a pretty good-sized tree to hide me, so was a, I guess he could see my elbow sticking out behind me, beside the tree there, moving every once in a while. Of course, I was calling. By the time I got spun around on him, he done jumped out there about 40 yards before I could get a shot off at him. That was probably about the most exciting and closest I've ever been to as far as getting attacked by anything in the woods. So how, so you did you get to see him stalking you coming up, or you just saw the movement and turn? When he stepped on a stick, that's where he messed up. He stepped on a stick, and I heard the stick break. So I eased my head around and seen it was him. When he seen my head come out from behind that tree, he turned and was fixing to take off before I could get a shot off. Well, you know, it just kind of goes to the to the point that something's, everything is after a turkey. You never know what's watching you in the woods, Isn't that the bottom truth? line. I just want to throw this out here too, Bobby. I am actually a pretty good fisherman too. Just, Look, just I, so you know, I have witnessed. <laughs> I've been on a pond on one side. I didn't get a strike, and I, I saw Tom just catching them. After a while, I finally gave up and walked over. I said, "What in the world are you throwing? And can I throw over here too?" And we stood there and caught a a, a bunch. A bunch. It was it was incredible. Yeah. Well, wow. Get back to the camp, and Bobby says, "Tom's actually a pretty good fisherman." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I did. laughs> oh me old tom we used to call him big tom but he's not big tom anymore no, I bet he's, he's slim tom yeah he's slipping and dipping yeah. now That's he's right. a man of few words yeah he, he is he's uh 
Yeah, he's a, he's an interesting guy. We appreciate Tom telling us Hard his story. Hardworking, great guy. There's yeah. no question about it. That was a short tail, not a long tail cat, right? Oh, that, that was short. short yeah, tail he cat. said That's it was right. a bob. It was a yeah, bob, bob cat. He was quick to specify that. Yeah, old Robert. Sam. Yeah, and he can run some equipment too. You know, you see those videos of people like lighting a birthday candle with the bucket on their tractor. He's he, an operator. He can do that kind of He's stuff. It's crazy. No doubt about it. So the next one, we've got Greg Briggs. Greg and Tom work a lot together. Yeah, they are. I the, think they're peas and carrots. Yeah, they could do it. You talk about a team on some equipment. It's, it's pretty amazing to watch them work. Yeah. Now, Greg went to Florida. It, well, you'll hear the story. It, yeah. it, it's, it's a really good one. Our, I think our audience will really like this one. The Florida Cattlemen's Association puts on a wounded warrior hunt every year, has been for last 12, I think, 13 years. Well, um, long story short is Cuz and Bubba Bruce, which was just Bubba, Keith Kelly, which is a swamper, and uh, myself and Cuz, we all <clears throat> go down and, and guide these guys, and we got hooked up with that several years ago, and it's it's kind of the highlight of my spring. I mean, it's so humbling to go hunt with them guys. You know, it's been through so much. But getting back to the story, that's kind of how – it came about, we hunt down in South Florida opener, and uh, it always starts early. It works out great because we're not open here, so we get to go down there and kind of get season kicked off. Here's a few gobbles and see a couple of turkeys die. But uh, So we've been going down there. I had for about probably about my fifth, sixth year, and uh, I always hear the story about Florida Panthers. Well, I didn't ever think a whole lot about it. You know, it was like, Phew you know, whatever, just a cat, you know, so. Uh, yeah, you see them all the time around. Yeah, there, yeah, <laughs> well, not really, but, I mean, I've heard of panthers in this area, never seen one, heard them all my life. We get up there a day ahead of the vets to do a little scouting because we don't have anybody to tell us anything every year. They don't know what's going on. So we get there a day early and we go out and uh, just scout our areas. Well, we rolled into our second camp which is down below uh, Clewiston, Florida. And uh, I'd always seen tracks while I was down there, you know, in the sand roads and stuff. It's like, well, they do exist. I see their tracks. So that afternoon we rolled into camp and uh, got unloaded and sat around a bit and said, well, we need to ease out and go check all our spots and see what's going on. So I jump in a truck and I take off. And my place is – it's probably seven, eight miles from the camp, way back in there. I get down there, and it's, it's a pasture. It's a gate there, and we always park at this gate. And uh, where I actually do most of the hunting is about probably 800 yards in, somewhere down in there. And, of course, down in Florida, you know, the, the feeders are legal. You have to stay 100 yards away from them when you're hunting. So I get out of the truck, and I just mosey down through the pasture. And for whatever reason, that year, they hadn't hadn't bush hogged the pasture. It was all grown up. And I just kind of got that feeling walking in. I'm like, man, it looks like a ghost town down here compared to what it had been in the past. So I get down, finally work my way all the way down to the feeder down there, get to looking. The feeder's broken. Half the motor's hanging off of it. I'm like, man, this ain't looking good. So I said, well, I might as well ease out of here. So I just kind of got out of that old brush in the pasture and got over there and was walking the fence line. And I was about 500 yards from the truck, I guess. And I got a text message. So I stopped, pulled out my phone. So well, let me reply to this. I'm not in a hurry. So there was a pine tree right there in the fence row, just right there in the bare opening. So I just backed up and uh, – 
kind of propped my foot up against the pine tree, leaning against it, and was texting. I hadn't been there three minutes. And all of a sudden, I'm looking down, and I catch a movement out of my peripheral vision to my left side. I mean, it was close. I mean, like at my feet almost. Of course, down there, I'm thinking alligator, you know, because they're everywhere. And out of reflex, I just jumped and uh, to the side. And when I looked around, this giant male panther ducked under the fence. He was not more than three feet from me. I, I really think he was fixing to pounce on me. Uh, what I think, some people down there might say different, but I think he had snuck up on me. Well, he ducked under the fence. I think me jumping kind of startled him a little bit. And he was like three foot from me, and he stopped. And I just froze, and, and my heart sank, went to my feet. And I'm thinking, I'm going to die. And I didn't know what to do. Didn't have a clue. So he finally, he walks on out about 20 feet from me and stops and just sitting looking back at me. And I happened to look right down the fence from me, and there's another one standing there looking at me. And it turns out it was a female. And she's just staring at me, and I think, well, now I'm going to double die. So a million things are going through my mind. I'm like, what I don't what I do, what I do, what I do. And I'm shaking. I'm sixty two year old guy and I mean I always kind of thought of myself as being kind of a tough guy, you know, but uh all of a sudden I'm a wimp standing yeah. there in the middle of a pasture, you know, shaking like a leaf. Went back and immediately called the rancher. I said he said, Hello. I said, Joe, I got a problem. He said, What's up? I said, I'm surrounded by panthers. He said, what? I was like, I'm serious, dude. He's like, no way. I said, look, I am dead serious. You need to get here as fast as you can. He said, well, I'm, dude, I'm 15 minutes from you. I said, what do I do? He said, I ain't got a clue. I said, well, you're a lot of help. So he said, all I can tell you is just hang tight. I didn't have a gun, you know, or nothing. I had a pretty good size Outdoor edge, pocket knife. So in my thinking, I said, all right, come fast, please. So I hung up the phone and started videoing. I need to video this. So if I die, they'll at least know what happened. I'll, I'll get it on film. And the video is crazy. I holler at them, shake my hands. I knew not to run. I, that was, I ruled that out. Do not run. So uh, I held my hands up, flashed my cap at them, hollered. And they weren't intimidated at all. I mean, they just... Dead still standing there staring. And I'm thinking, this ain't working. And I'm getting nervouser by the minute. So finally, I actually pulled that knife out. You know, it probably wouldn't have happened, but I was thinking, well, maybe I can get one of you before I die. I'm, I'm going to fight to the death. Now, you know they're an endangered species. Hey, Bobby, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. I would have gone to prison for 50 years, paid $100,000 at that point in time in my life. Yeah. I did not care. Yeah, okay. It was me or them. <laughs> when it comes down to me or them, I'm going to pick me first. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, I got you. And I think anybody else would have made the same decision. Anyway, I have my knife in my hand. You can actually see it in the video flashing around. And finally, the male walks off. He starts walking away, and he got in the brush. And I look around. The female's laid down like a dog. Like she's just there for the day, still staring at me. And I just shut up. So I just stood there in, in quiet, just staring at her. And about 
five minutes. She got up, eased under the fence, and eased on over the way the mail went. And I sat there and watched. I didn't move out of my tracks till they were completely out of sight. And when they finally cleared the sight, Usain Bolt didn't have nothing <laughs> on me, brother. I, I was at that truck. It's 500 yards. I was there in like um, 30 seconds. <laughs> I set the grass on fire getting up. <laughs> I got in that truck, and I was like, Lord, thank you for saving me. I was like, I, I literally, yes, I, I've had two or three times in my life I thought I was going to die, and that was that one ranks right up there at the top. Mm. But that was quite the experience, and, of course, I got back to camp, and everybody was like, I was green. They was like, what's the matter with you? I was like, dude, you you ain't going to believe this story. And uh, I got to tell them. Of course, they laughed, and they started saying, kitty, kitty, kitty. You know, they, they ragged me the whole weekend. But uh, in reality, it was an intense moment. When Greg first told me this story, I thought he was in Kemper County and I almost passed out. But <laughs> and I love, when you watch the video, cause he's got video of this stuff. I think yeah. we might post it. Yeah, we it's, will. it's, uh, it's pretty hair raising for sure. I mean, cause those cats are right there at him and, you know, old tough country, Greg. I mean, he, you see him pull his pocket knife out and pop it and get ready to go. Cause he don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, wild. that's a rare occurrence even down. I mean, they're down there, but it's not too often you see them, you know? Yeah. And these didn't like, see him and run off not like tom's bobcat was probably like well i'm finna get it these saw him and sat there you know hey look at that they weren't scared of it no it, not at all and i don't know how many there are but i don't think there's i don't think there are hundreds of them yeah i, I mean not like like four or five i don't think there's but a few hundred yeah. so to see one or yeah, two two at the same time pretty and then have one sit there and stare at you like one walk around and the other one, he just sitting. He's like, "Ha!" <laughs> that had to be unnerving. <laughs> it had to be oh my yeah. gosh! And yeah. Greg's a tough dude too. So this next story is from Mark Drury, ah. and I called Mark. He told it. It, it was I, I'd never heard this story. I'd heard a lot of Mark stories. Yeah, but this one uh, took the cake. So I hear you. When you reached out about the possibility, that one story came to my mind, and this dates back to probably I'm going to say it would have been like ninety. 95, so almost 30 years ago, and I was hunting Alabama, and I believe we were we were hunting over at Bed Creek, and uh, somehow I got paired up with Chuck Sykes, and this was the first I'd met Chuck, and he said, hey, we're going to go hunt, hunt my farm. Of course, Chuck is now the director of wildlife and, and freshwater fisheries for the state of Alabama, Yeah, and he said, in the morning, we're going to go over to Dad's, and we're going to hunt there, and I think it was a, a few hundred acres. And uh, we got on this turkey at daylight, and this turkey's just gobbling really, really good for Alabama, and and for anywhere, frankly, it, it would gobble like like no tomorrow on the roost, and, and we were so excited. We got set up on this turkey, and we start working him real soft, and he flies down, and he just keeps on gobbling, and he holds his ground. And that went on. Sun came up. He's still gobbling, still gobbling. Eight o'clock, nine o'clock. I'm talking, he's gobbling every 30 seconds to two minutes. He'd go through peaks and valleys, but he, he gobbled hard and he'd face it. And this whole time, we're probably, he came, he, we were probably 100 yards in the roost. He came to about 35, 80 yards. And we kept glimpses of him down through there, just enough to see him. And, and we were like, man, he's going to break and come. And 
you know, we start strategizing. We're whispering to each other. We're starting to stiffen up a little bit. You know, let's shut up for a while. See if they'll come. So we shut up. He just kept gobbling at the same pace. All of a sudden, it's 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And we said, well, let's pour it to him. So we pour it to him. It's 11 o'clock. We do a fight. We didn't. And we, we'd see him for a little bit, and he stayed off. And, you know, it's getting up around 12 o'clock, and he's still gobbling every 30 seconds to two minutes. Oh. And Chuck and I are just strategizing, like, what in the world are we going to do with this turkey? We've not heard another bird. He was the only bird gobbling, and he's just blowing our hats off, you know? And we're getting hungry, and it's, it's like 12 o'clock. And at this point, we're like, this is this is nuts. You know, we've already had to take a couple bathroom breaks where we We'd, you know, like get down on the ground and go over and go around through the stuff away from us. And, buddy, you know, the the magnet that a turkey gobble in, you can't leave it, right? Really? Yeah. I talked to Chuck. I was like, you know, can we go try a different bird? He's like, buddy, this is Alabama. This turkey gobble better than any turkey I've ever worked. He goes, we're not leaving. I said, all right, well, let's stick it out. And, it, you know, sooner or later, though, we got pretty dang hungry. And we, in our minds said, you know what, we can get on our back and kind of back away into this little petrol behind us and ease our way back to the truck, go get some lunch. We don't think he's going anywhere because he wouldn't stop gobbling. So we go get lunch. We're gone maybe 30 minutes. We come back. He's gobbling. Same pace, same spot. We, we started working him again. We get to where we could see him. And, th- and that carried on throughout the afternoon, all into the evening. On into like 7 p.m., he, he gobbled the same amount at the same distance all dang day. We threw everything you could possibly throw at that turkey, and he finally flew up the roost and was still gobbling then. We worked that turkey for 13 hours. We saw him probably 15 times and never close enough for a shot. The closest he got was probably 50 yards one time. And we, did, we never did think he had a hint, but that day... Just still rings in my head, and Chuck and I. Every time we see each other now, we can't can't see each other without having a laugh over the day we spent with that goblin turkey. And and he never did kill that turkey. They never did kill him on that farm. But that turkey was uh, he was crazy. That is the most I think I've ever heard a turkey gobble one day in my life. And he gobbled hard and gobbled with intent and acted like he was coming multiple times. And he never stopped the entire day. I've never seen anything like it before or since. By the end of the afternoon, we were just giggling and laughing. No matter what we did, he'd answer it. But it was like he was had a chain on his leg. I mean, we just couldn't get him to break. And, I mean, he was a big, beautiful Eastern turkey, you know. And, and it was Alabama, you know. Um, just the, the most bizarre of days. But we worked at Turkey for 13 hours that day and did not kill him. I, I know we gobbled six, seven, eight hundred times. I know we did. It was insane how many times that turkey gobbled. We were hoping he choked himself by the end of the day. Wow. And we were we were exhausted by evening and starving again. Just one of those stories. I, I'll never forget that day I spent with Chuck Sykes on that turkey. Wow, what a, what a story to listen to Mark sit there and talk about that. I'm kind of jealous. I'd love to sit there and... Play know. yeah, play the game from sun up yeah. to oh, watch him fly because I get I love if I get close enough to see one fly down, you know, and I don't booger. Him, I know, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's it's really special. But I don't know if I, you're hanging with one all day uh, to see be, what he is doing. That'd be I mean, painful. It, yeah. It's interesting that they didn't move around a whole lot, but you know they're both incredible turkey hunters. Yeah. So you you have to value their decision not to move. You know, but 
Oh, and the fact Gosh. that the turkey stayed right there all day. It's you know, bizarre. Something I would have never thought. No, I mean, I, I've, I've never heard of that. I, me neither. Yeah. Well, Rob, have you ever heard of that? No, I've, I've not heard of that. They seem to always walk off, especially when I'm calling at yeah, them. Me they too. Go <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> like what... I mean, that's like what dreams are made of, you know? I don't know. I don't think I dream about sitting on one all day long. The intensiveness and that feeling you get. I mean, if you're watching him and he's not leaving, you know, I mean, I could see myself staying there. Oh, as long as possible. Well, yeah. He's, and, and, and Mark said that turkey gobbled more than any turkey he's ever heard. And Mark, we appreciate you telling telling that one for, to us. So, so look, next we've got Brent Lockla. Yeah. And uh, I think you. Yeah, Brent's a local guy around here. Really been into turkeys. Uh, he's friends with, with uh, Chris, one of your buddies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so he's been, he shoot, he's been turkey hunting a long time. He and I have, you know, uh, hunted together on public land before. Sure have. Well, between the time he recorded this story for us and now that we're recording this, he finished his grandson. I meant to ask him. He got it done. Yeah, he did. Well, good for him. Congratulations. Sure did. I think That's he, awesome. Yeah, it looked like a Rio from yeah. uh, from the picture I saw. So, uh, so yeah, good. I think that was the last one he had to get. I was like, well, do you – that's it. That's the one. That's the easiest one. <laughs> yeah, usually. <laughs> yeah, so let's listen to a story. That was back in 2005. Of course, it's probably far enough away. I shouldn't get in any trouble. <laughs> uh, not for the law. Everything was everything was legal, but I went to the doctor, and I had the flu. They tested me for a flu. I got the flu, and he told me, he said, I don't care how you feel tomorrow. Don't come in. So this was evidently sometime in March or April. This was in April. Yeah. Thank goodness. And I had, look, I had, <laughs> it was legit from the doctor and i was told just just stay home and it was beautiful weather that week and so i look i know what you're gonna do i got up stayed you know played it right stayed at the house but about eight o'clock it was so beautiful outside i couldn't take it and i went to this place i'd been hunting from the road you can kind of see one side of the field but you can't see any you know the field lays to the west of where the road comes in <clears throat> so i get out of the truck i'm at the back of the truck and i hear a turkey guy oh holy turkey guy was so i'm looking i'm looking through my back window through the windshield 300 yards up the road and i see turkeys going by so i take off to get ahead of them through the woods along you know kind of flanking them parallel on them and, and there's a small hay field that sits in the southwest corner of this field like the opposite corner so i gotta beat them there so i get there Nothing's in that small field yet, so I set up. And I had heard turkeys gobbling along my way. So I get set up. I'm calling. Turkey's answering me. Not from where these were out ahead of me. Beyond where I'm at. Good deal. You know, I'm in the game. Yeah, yeah this turkey like answered me. really good. Where not, was this again? <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Maybe even Lanny couldn't mess this up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 15, 20 minutes. You know, it feels like a long time. and But I knew... There was a bigger field a couple hundred yards through there, and there was water between us. So after a while, you know, you start to convince yourself something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, I that, do that all Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm thinking through it, and the turkey's really not getting any closer. He's answering me, uh, but he's not getting any closer, so I decide to make a move. So I make my way to the bigger field. When I get there, good-sized field, a couple hundred yards out, there's a turkey just balled up out there with seven or eight hens. All right, well, that's him. And I'm not going to call him and those hens all the way across this field, even though I, I tried and he would gobble. And you got to try. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> and it was and, the same turkey, you think? 
I mean, you're, you're, I, I you're, thought. Okay. No, I did, all right. Yeah. Okay. It's my story, Bobby. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. Yeah, it's, the same, it's the same direction, right? So okay. you're thinking the same thing I was thinking. So on the side, just off the field, there's a fresh cut over, and they had pushed up a lot of tops in a windrow right against the property line. So I could cut the distance. I could get even with them at least. So that's what I did. And at some point when I was making that move, they drifted over towards the property line. Or not. Always. I mean, the field, the they field edge goes <laughs> towards the property so, line. What so they the drifted over yeah. closer to me. And so as I start to ease over this, this windrow, snaps twig or something, the turkey gobbles, and they are right there. Ooh. So like I'm, I'm sort of handcuffed. I can't do anything. But yeah, when look, you rustle some leaves or break a limb in the gobble, yeah, kind of tight. <laughs> yeah. And so I can see beyond this windrow, and there's some cedar trees on the, on the fence line there, and I can catch a glimpse of him now and then. And he's, he's real close. He's strutting, but I just had a window. And after a little while, he strutted and he turned, and I shot him. But I didn't draw a feather. It's so like I shot, and I, and I guess the way he turned – made a bad bad decision i shot and when i hopped over there i had not drawn a feather the turkeys were gone the gigs up and i really felt like i yeah, had flu you then. really got the flu now <laughs> i really got the flu <laughs> i just thought <laughs> like, i yeah, felt bad it, it, it was a nice it's real bad <laughs> yeah, now it, you know it was a warm day hospital <laughs> i had done all that moving around and i was feeling terrible <laughs> and so i walked back dejected got the flu mad i'm walking back towards the truck never going to turkey hunt again. I hate this game. It's dumb. And so when I'm passing by the small hayfield that I had left, yeah. I'm walking, this road joins it. So I'm walking by and there's two hens in this field, like right there. It's a small field. There's no way they shouldn't have seen me. There's no way I shouldn't have spooked them. But I just thought they had just scattered from what just happened. So like I stopped, you know, I knelt down, stopped, got my water out of my vest, mm. really not being sneaky because I'm thinking these are turkeys that just scattered drink some water. Remember everybody had one of these, a Primo's power crystal. Oh yeah. Had a power crystal in the vest and I popped it up just a little bit and hit it with a striker. Just bah, bah, bah. Mm. this turkey right around the bend in that little field with those hens. And now I'm on my knees in this road. I got two hens looking for me now. Yeah. Walking to me, looking for me. My gun's down like this. And I can hear him drumming. Mm. Seemed like an eternity, but he finally cleared the privet. It was a little bend in the field, and I pulled up and I shot him. Did you go through your mind? Did you say, "Don't miss this one"? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's amazing how quick you forget. You know. Yeah. You know, golf and turkey hunting may be the only two sports where your expectations change so quick. You know. So anyway, I shot him. Walked over there, rolled him over, and I just about fainted. Yeah, that is a. That's a <clears throat> I mean, it, right it, there. Yeah, just giant, and for it to happen that yeah. way. And then the, one of the funny things is one of my better turkey hunting buddies at the time also happened to be my boss. The first thing I did was I called him. Man, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> Wait, I got to go. you had the flu. <laughs> yeah. So that was a quick phone call. But You know but, how it is, man. <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all get it. Y'all understand. But, but looking back, obvious to me, like that turkey was coming the whole time. That's the turkey I had set up in that small field on. Ah, and I bailed, and I went around them somehow, and it was a completely different group of turkeys. Because I mean, when I shot, the scatter was not that way. Mm-hmm. Well, Brent, that's a great story. That's a great story. Yeah, we appreciate you sharing it with us. So incredible spurs. Uh, that's a giant spur, no doubt about. It. He brought them in here, and yeah, a so. lesson about 
And I think, you, you know, you never know. You never know. And and so he went thinking he was going to the turkey he yeah. really started off with. And, and just think if he hadn't yelped that last time, too, you know. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. It sure is. So never give up. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, it's funny. Either if you don't yelp, then there was a turkey out there. But if you do yelp, for, in my case, I'm always messing stuff up. But looks like he made the right decisions at the right time. Your yelp's not that bad, Dudley. No, I'm just saying, like, sometimes you yelp and the turkey comes running, oh, yeah, you know, and you're but doesn't know. gobble. I, if I, you I, heard it's yelp, just, it's, uh, well, it's very tree froggy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I will say to Dudley's point, I rarely yelp if I'm not ready to. I, before I yelp, I look around me in the woods. Where am I going to get? Where am I going to get yeah. real quick? Sometimes yeah. if I'm really, like, feeling like this is going to happen anyways, I'll go ahead and sit down Yeah, uh, and, and just be ready because there is a lot of times you'll yelp. That's a good tip. You'll get yep. caught before you know it. That's a, that's a real good tip. Guys can take something away from that. So that's right. I, I remember listening to Ben Rogers Lee mm-hmm. cassette back in the eighties. Yeah. And that's one thing he said, you know, be ready and look, look for a tree before you holler. Mm-hmm. So Rob, I think you'll like this next one. The next guy we got telling the story is, is our own Pat Epling. Now, Pat lives in Tennessee, works for Mossy Oak for a long time. He's one of yes. these, you know, but rarely do you get to – I mean, I felt honored to have him finally come in here and sit down and tell us a story. So it's Great a, guy. It, yeah, it's a, it's a good – we all like Pat a lot. So yeah, here we go. smart, too. There's a lot of stories around turkey hunting, obviously, because it's difficult to say the best, and you never are in the right spot, obviously. So – I guess it goes back to um, uh, probably four years ago, and it's with my daughter and and one of the other girls that she actually hunts with. We have a 650-acre lease. It's like eight miles from my house, and that's where we hunt deer, and she hunts deer, and, and we were going up there for our first turkey hunt. We had only had it for the – this was the first year we had the property, so we didn't know anything about it really other than cutting some trails so we could find our way around. So we're walking up and that, you know, that you don't know the whole story, even when you're hunting with your friends until the end of the story. So some of that comes back. Um, once I hear the story from my daughter, who's following me in the dark with no lights and my friend on the lease with me and his daughter, they're both the girls are in between him and I, as we're walking up this steep ravine to get into the spot that we call the Ridge to hunt. So it's dark. It's early. Yeah, I think it was chilly that morning. So we get up there and we get all set up. We have the both have a shooting tripod and then we put the the blinds in front of them just to skirt them off. And we're sitting on either side of our daughters. We're calling all morning. All morning we're in the, backed up into a, a pine thicket as well. And we're calling, calling nothing. We don't hear anything. We don't absolutely hear anything. So I guess it's probably we are deciding to leave. So we've been doing that for a couple hours now. So Matt uh, and I stand up and we're just talking about the game plan while the girls are still sitting in their chairs and they're just kind of talking back and forth on, you know, what, wondering what we're going to do. And all of a sudden, boom, we hear them and they're close, two of them. We can hear them gobbling right at us. And we're like, oh, uh oh, right. Sit back down. Let's get ready. So we sit back down on, on the side of our daughters at that time. And, and sure enough, they're, we called them ridge turkeys afterwards because they were two really old birds. And so they walk right up. We have a decoy, obviously, in front of us at about 35 yards. 
So they both come out of the thicket on the ridge and they're coming right at us. And we're like, you girls ready? You ready? You ready? You know? And so Matt's calling them and we're waiting for them to get a little bit closer. And they wound up being about 40 yards out. And we're like, you guys ready? You ready? You ready? Okay. On three, one, two, three, boom. And they both shoot, shooting four tens, single shot with TSS. And both of them drop and hit the ground. <clears throat> one of them jumps back up though. And he takes off like he's running. Matt starts calling back at him and flips him right around because the other bird's flapping on the ground, right? So we have another decoy, obviously. So I had a shell in my pocket and I put it in to my daughter's gun because that was the bird that was on our side that got back up and and took off and uh, reloaded it, called it right back up to that other bird. And she put another shot on him. And this time he was about 45 yards away and just again, dropped him to the ground. And, and that was it, right? He was done. So we were all excited. They were so excited because they doubled. It was really neat. So we're, we're looking at the birds or they're really nice birds, big spurs actually had the bird mounted full mounted for my daughter, but come to find out as we're walking up, both of the girls shoes come untied and they don't tell us, they don't want us to stop. Right. Cause they're following their dads. Right. So we, it's funny to hear after the story that they're both walking around with their shoes untied and their boots are almost coming off. Um, but that was probably the, one of the most memorable events because it's, to me, it's all about the kids right now. So, and getting them out in the field and to experience what we did as kids as well. That's incredible. I can't believe that you call that bird back like that. That's it, it was it was really to and then to have the girls that young see that happen. So never give up, right? Because you never give up because you don't know what's gonna happen next. And it was pretty impressive. It was pretty neat. That son was definitely trying to secure a breeding opportunity. <laughs> he was doing whatever he had to do to get yeah. it now. <laughs> that, oh, my gosh. I, I mean, have y'all ever heard of a turkey what coming back? What state was this? Tennessee. Tennessee. Have you ever heard of a turkey coming back? Uh, I've, I've seen videos of turkeys, you know, coming back back in the day. I haven't personally never experienced a turkey coming back, you know, but. Yeah. I mean, anything's possible. So anything's it, possible, yeah. The turkey rolled, and then they call. And he the stops running and comes back. And comes back. Yeah. That guy can yelp. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing that's confusing to me. Because, you know, you see turkeys from time to time, Rob, that like uh, if there's two or three of them, they'll jump on the right. turkey yeah. that's, that's got get shot. But Sitting there flying. Sounded like yeah. Pat, well, they hit, that, hit yeah. the bird. Yeah. Well, maybe that the turkey didn't know what it was, you know. Right. Put it on, it, didn't obviously, he didn't know what it was. And it was this day to die. Love on the mind can make you do crazy things. So, guys, the next story we have is a really good one from Jason Douglas. Oh, and, J.D. Uh, yeah, works with, J.D. works with uh, the licensing department, and he's an avid turkey hunter himself. Yeah, so let's listen to this one. As far as memorable hunts go, you know, there's a lot that comes to mind, but I would have to take you guys back to the beginning. Uh, really what got me... Um, addicted to turkey hunting, if you will, to, to April 17th of, uh, 1993. I was 13 years old, Bobby. That's when the, uh, the addiction started for me. And, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Petal, Mississippi, but that's where I was hunting that morning. Um, and it was with my dad. We'd been hunting on a piece of, uh, private land behind the natural gas plant where he worked on the Leaf River in, in Petal, Mississippi. And, we hunted there the two previous mornings and didn't have a whole lot of luck. The birds weren't really cooperating. Um, and I didn't want to go the next morning. I told my dad, I was like, man, let's go try some public woods. Let's go do something different. He's like, no, let's go try it one more time. So we got all the way down to the sandbar that morning, right on the Leaf River. 
and set decoys up. And at this time, you got to think, you know, it's 1993. It's foam decoys um, with plastic stakes, and we set them up on the uh, on the Leaf River on the sandbar there and backed up in the edge of the woods. And right at daylight, we had a couple birds gobbling across the river right there. And so we knew we had a chance at least anyway. But you know what they always say? They, you know, water's tough, and having water between you and a bird is always even tougher. So, um but we were at least, they could at least hear us, so we threw a few yelps out there. My dad, he was running a lynch box call from, obviously, Liberty, Mississippi that morning. He was cranking on it, and we had, you know, the birds were gobbling pretty well. And then all of a sudden, you know, they fly down. They do what typical birds do. They stop gobbling and do their thing for a little while. We just sat there, and a few, you know, 30, 45 minutes went by, and we, my dad cranked on that lynch box call again, and they fired up. But they were going in the opposite direction away from us across a river. And they were kind of going out of hearing. So we just, we were pretty much going to sit there for about another hour and see what happened and then pack up and go home with our tail tucked between our legs. And before, before we knew it, we yelped one more time and those two birds were standing across the river bank looking at us and looking at our two decoys. My dad hit that little lynch box call and they look like two 747 jets coming in there, landing on the sandbar. And they walked up there with the decoys and did their thing for a few minutes. And I was shooting, I was 13 years old, shooting a single shot 20 gauge, um, wood barrel, wood forearm. And my dad shot his bird and the other bird took off running. I shot at him and I thought I made a good enough hit, but the bird flew back across the river. So I was bummed, but thankfully my dad doing what he did, he marked it whether he last saw that bird go back across the river. And so we went back up to the gas plant where he worked, got an aluminum boat and a shovel and took it back down to the Leaf River and went across the, we paddled across that Leaf River and walked around for about an hour. And I will be dang if we were just about to wrap it up and get back in the boat. And I just happened to walk up on that bird. He's graveyard dead over there. And that was the first bird I ever killed in my life at 13 years old and he had a 10 and 8 inch beard so as far as memorable hunts that's probably my most memorable one gosh i mean they spent all that time and and they actually found the needle in a haystack that's I love rare that. i mean i do you know i am about ducks and anything i want to go out there and find them so you're the only other person i know that's found a turkey like that i found yeah multiples but i mean yes more than that's one. hard to do yeah it's hard to do and and uh because they don't blood trail no no, and I if I I think if I told my story, you know, a lot of people don't believe my stories anyway. So. <laughs> well, you've told you've told that one story. I they, have told it. They they can go back and listen to that, yeah. but but uh, JD, good. Yeah. I mean, congrats good for them. For, yeah, yeah, good for going with to look because a lot of people, you know, I mean, not because they're purposely doing it, but you know, they'll they'll bleed out. They will. So it always Toxie's got a good story about it too. Um, you know, it always uh, pays off in my opinion to go and, and just to be sure. You know, so you know, unlike the one you shot that day that flew over the moon, yeah, we was, we should have gone and looked. He was him. perfectly healthy. There was no <laughs> doubt. He was like in Mars before he landed. Well, I would have loved to have been. I, I just imagine in my mind what those turkeys look like sailing across that river, landing on that sandbar. Oh that was, yeah, that was yeah. pretty. Yeah, that cool scene. Yeah. Good story, JD. Thank you. We appreciate it. So now we have. It, it's time for our own Chris Paradise, and uh, what. 
He's got a lot of turkey stories, Lanny. Yeah, he does. He's been at it a while. Old friend of, I mean, long time friend of Bob and Jim, been a part of this place for a long time. So. You ever get invited up to Ohio to go turkey hunting? We got him? invited up there once, but it wasn't a turkey hunt, you know? Uh, Smallmouth. Smallmouth fishing. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Hey, but it was a spring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're getting closer, Lanny. Yeah, we're getting closer. It'll, yeah. it'll work out one day. <laughs> Well, Chris, uh, you, look, you told the story of the white duck a, a few uh, episodes back, and it, uh, I, it I, brought a tear to everybody. Yeah, no eye. doubt about it. Don't do that to us again now. No white duck stories, no white turkey stories on this one. wish I had a white turkey story because there's a few of them around, but no, nope, that's not what this one's about. But I'll take you back to a time when my daughter was eight years old, and uh, we had producers coming up to hunt with us here in Ohio for the youth season. My son Michael was up to hunt. I had asked Ava, you know, hey, would you like would you like to hunt? She said, Well then I have this going on, I have that going on, and I really would, but I don't want to get that early. <laughs> so anyhow, uh we took Michael out and we had an absolute crusher of a hunt. Just everything if you could draw it up on paper it happened to us that morning. You know, good gobbling, good hunt, beautiful weather, great shot, just a good time. We finished the hunt and we headed back to the house and my wife walked out the door and she said, uh, are you taking Ava now? And I just kind of looked at her and I said, no. And she said, well, I think she wants to go. And I said, well, you know, hon, I, I didn't run her through the same training, if you will, or, or um, practice uh, with a shotgun. And she's just a young girl at that point. And even though she had killed a couple of deer with a bow, uh, a crossbow, we hadn't practiced with a gun. And I said, I just, I can't do that out of responsibility. I just don't think it's a good move. And she said, well, she's in there and she's upset. Well, you know how that all goes. So I talked to you at the time. We had Jeff Shelby, Fafa, who was running the camera. And I walked over to him and said, Jeff, you know, I've got a little issue here. Ava wants to go. And I said, I'm thinking of setting up a pop-up blind in the yard here to where she can shoot into one of my turkey targets with the crossbow. And, and if she can do it consistently, what do you think? He said, you know, it's worth a shot. If we can get one in close enough, might be worth a, a, a shot. So we brought her outside. We went through all the rigmarole and practice and thought process and listening, you name it. I mean, you guys have all been there. Many of us have all been there. But I had that doubt in the back of my head. I just, one, I didn't want to wound a bird. I didn't want it to be a bad experience for her. I didn't want to rush the situation, you know. And so she came out and she shot her crossbow so many times. Uh, and by the end of the first hour, just going through all this, Jeff looked at me and said, she's ready. I mean, she can do it if, if we get the right opportunity. Sure enough, we went out that night. Uh, we roosted a bird, and the plan was for the morning, you know, take her out and, and see what we could make happen. It, it's my it's a spot that is, without, without a doubt, my premier location for hunting turkeys. I typically only take the kids in there. We hadn't been in there yet this year. We had taken Michael to a different spot. Crystal clear, blue morning, not a breath of wind, and not a gobble to follow. Ooh. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I kept thinking, oh, of all times, you know, this is the one time you just wish you had turkeys acting right. Well, they weren't. They didn't gobble. And the first hour passes. We don't hear a hen yelp. No signs of turkeys. And I could see Ava was not discouraged, but she was getting a little sleepy. She's just a young kid at this time. And uh, so I said to Jeff, I said, well, this sounds crazy, but I'm going to go walk one up. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to walk the perimeter here. And if I can strike one up deep, uh, there, there's a, a big area that there's no hunting in just east of the property that we lease. And I said, if I can strike one, I'm going to try to backtrack them 
see if we can make them, you know, come across, come in, come in. Maybe there's turkeys in our place. You know, they just start talking. And he kind of looked at me like I was crazy, which at the time she's probably right. But I got to the center of the property and I yelped and I thought I heard turkey gobble, but for the next five, 10 minutes, nothing. And I yelped again and I definitely heard him this time. And I immediately got back on the logging road and just started walking. And about every hundred yards I'd yelp and no doubt he was, he was answering and getting closer. I can't tell you how much close he was getting at that time, but he was definitely moving. And when I got back to the field that we're hunting, I ran across the field, got in the blind. And I said, did you hear him? He said, no. I said, you're not hearing that turkey gobble? He said, no. I said, well, the last time he gobbled, he had to be within two, two fifty. He said, no, I'm not hearing anything. Well, I look over and Ava's sound asleep in the bottom of the blind. <laughs> I said, she's sleeping? He said, yeah, she fell asleep. I try to wrestle her up out of the blind and I'm talking to her and he goes, oh my God, there he is. And I look across the field out of the blind and the turkey steps out in full strut and he's standing there and he's looking. And it's everything I can do to scramble to get her ready. Thankfully, she comes to pretty quick. We get her into position and the turkey's coming right to us. I help one last time. He breaks down. He walks in. There's a couple of the turkeys coming behind him. And he gets into about eight steps. And she makes one of the best shots and literally thumps him right there, makes a great shot. And we were just standing there, you know, in the blind and awed, shocked, talking to each other, laughing. Hell, I was crying most of the time. But <laughs> and to this date, uh, it, it's probably one of the biggest turkeys that I've ever been around that's been harvested without question uh, in terms of, you know, all the things we sometimes look for, beard length, spur length, size of bird, all that great stuff. And Ava could have cared less. You know, she, she just knew that one thing and she said, dad, I did it. To me, that was something that, you know, of, of all the stories of all the time in the outdoors, that is the one thing. And I sent Bobby, you know, just a minute ago, I sent you those images of that Turkey. Oh yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> landing our lusting on him, that's for sure. He's a stud. <laughs> and, and, you know, she, she, you know, we all know what that means and how smart and old that turkey was, and she didn't. Uh, but it was it was the experience that it all culminated all at once, came together, all my younger years and everything we've all done. And, and then you have kids in this cycle, and, I, and we've heard Lanny talk about this, you know, the life cycle of an outdoorsman. And this was kind of that round in the bend coming home of just, okay, you know, uh, I've experienced something to me that was more enjoyable, more fruitful than anything I had done by seeing that young child, which, and if you think about it in today's world, that gets to experience something like that and truly authentically was excited. And so for me, that was it, guys. I mean, that was the, the one that kind of, Oh, yeah. uh, took me there and uh and so we we've captured it i'm so thankful that that jeff had captured that for the family tree one of our short film episodes and uh, i can't tell you how many times uh, i've showed that at speaking engagements about getting kids into the outdoors uh and all that and and i will play that at her wedding uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah that is that is it's, it's awesome on a couple of levels. The, yeah. the, the whole kid thing and the daughter mm-hmm. thing is really speaks to me. But uh, but uh, from a hunting perspective, the way he the way he described it, how he traveled away from this field and struck a bird mm-hmm. and then lured that bird, you know, kept walking toward the field yeah. and bringing the bird. That's, I, I like what he used to walk them up. I, I can relate to that. You know, I really can. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you hey, look, you, you I was desperate. And yeah. Jeff thought I was crazy. And I mean, it's why, you know, remember up here in, in youth season, it's wide open woods. There mm-hmm. is no foliage. And right. so luckily I knew the property and I could stay in positions. And, and again, it was risky, but a very cool experience that, uh, you know, you just don't forget. Yeah. And with the crossbow, I mean, you know. Yeah, that was with a was with a crossbow. Yeah, no, that's a good one, Chris. Thank you for sharing that with us. And uh, wow, that was good. That's a good. One. Yeah, no doubt about it. Lanny, what'd you learn? Uh, just you know the just the sport of turkey hunting. You know how it's so multifaceted and affects. You know everybody's got cool, unique stories. Most of them are with friends and family, and you know that that social part of it and sharing those experiences is uh, it's really big. So it's a really special part of it. Yeah, that's the best part of the hunt it is, is the story yeah well i learned that there's a lot of stories here at mossy oak because if oh, i yeah. start trying to aggregate them to all of a sudden i got more than than we need yeah. and uh, so there might be a there's gonna be multiple parts to this but there's everybody here has some good stories that's right. including cindy clyde let me tell you this before we close so i i wanted to have kind of a female perspective yeah you know, cindy get a little, is <laughs> awesome so, let me go so and tell I, you uh, I emailed her yeah. and uh, and said, hey, you got a good turkey store. She said, well, I'll tell you what. Toxie made me a deal back in the day. I was going to bring this up. He said, uh, I'll hire you, and you can deer hunt all you want to mm-hmm. when deer season comes, as long as you'll be here during turkey season. That's so exactly she said, right. uh, she said I, I really don't turkey hunt. Yeah. And that's the honest truth. That's what's so cool about this place. <laughs> he was he was using strategy, some strategy back then too, wasn't he? Yeah, he made it work. <laughs> that's good stuff. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, we do a lot of back scratching around here. Yeah. And Cindy's a, a a fixture of this place. She really is. She keeps us all straight, especially me. <laughs> yeah. She, you don't want Cindy sending you an email. You know, I get yeah. them quite often. I don't know why. Especially those car insurance emails. <laughs> yeah. I, I let it get to the third uh, reminder. The third reminder one third time. Third and final. I'll never do it again. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Rich, you got anything to add? Uh, the only thing I throw out from a turkey story, uh, being that Rob's in the room, uh, unfortunately, uh, I was the reason why his daughter didn't get a turkey one time. Oh, man. Rich, I, I started to use that story, and I said, nah, I'm old Yeah, I was filming a hunt with him, you know. Oh. And, and, yeah. And, Solly and, old and, camera guy? And then, uh, unfortunately, you know, I couldn't get the bird in the shot, so. So, uh, so you told her, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was no. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't pull Just the trigger. Wait, wait. Yeah. And what happened? And then. He gone. They took a left. Yeah. And then come out in the field about 75 yards. Mm. Full struck, goblin. <laughs> got yeah. some good footage of it. Yeah, we got some great, I mean, like some Nat <laughs> Hey, got <laughs> some B-roll. We love B-roll around here. That's exactly right. It always, it doesn't always work out. Richie the conservationist. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. The constant conservationist. But did it, work, ever, did it work back out, though, for y'all? No, she still hadn't killed one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was like five years ago. Uh, right. I feel, well, I feel really bad now. Yeah. Well, she'd become a mother after that. Yeah. So her that'll responsibilities change have changed. Yes, yeah, so that'll true. change the game. That's you true. changed the course of history, Richie. <laughs> well, Rich, it's always good to have you join in here and add a little color. <laughs> oh, Debbie Downer. Stay awake. So, all right, guys. Well, I think that's about it. So, yeah. Uh, uh, cool story, bro. Yeah. yeah. Good well, stuff. Would you say goodbye, Dudley? Goodbye, Dudley. Let's go make some turkey stories. Get us out of here, Richie. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. 
and be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine and don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.